All right, everybody, here we are with uh, Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kyron. This is Noah. And we got <laughs> Mike. Uh, <laughs> we've got Mike Douglas here with us today, guys, a guest. Um, What's up, everybody? Mike and I go way back, like way, way back, um, back to my CrossFit days. Um, we thought Mike would be a great guest to have on just because you know, Mike has completely changed his life for the better, and um, we know it's not easy to do. So we want to kind of talk to Mike about his story, about how he got where he is. Um, I'm going to preface it a little bit about my experience with Mike. So um, way back when I owned a CrossFit, um, I was moderately qualified. I was a decent strength and conditioning coach at best, um, but I figured, hey, let's build a community and care about people. So I opened a gym. It was maybe the least CrossFit CrossFit of all CrossFits. Um, half of the shit we did was strongman stuff, but we just called it CrossFit, so it felt cool. Um, <laughs> but, so one day, Mike walks in, and Mike is this kind of tall, lanky guy who's like, yo, I want to get in shape. And Mike, fuck, let's go. Um, but from day one, Mike always had this like curiosity as to, hey, you own this gym. It looks pretty cool. I kind of think that's cool. And so Mike, <laughs> Mike and I spent hours, right? I mean, like how many hours? Talking? That dude. Oh man. I don't even know how many. I, I, I was just trying to absorb everything I possibly could, man. I was a freaking sponge when I went in there. It was great. You man. So Mike, yeah, dude. Mike was just like really enthusiastic and wanted to know what was up and wanted to know about CrossFit and getting healthy and changing his life. And, um, so for me, watching Mike's growth the way that now has been pretty great. But I want to start kind of with the the infantile Mike, the the chubby Mike, the Lone Depot Mike. So Mike, <laughs> I'm going to let you kind of tell your story a little bit on how you found CrossFit Arc, what your experience was like there, and then kind of how that motivated you to make change. Sure. So um, I had known about CrossFit prior to ever coming to Arc. Um, it just so happened that I had moved to Foothill Ranch or actually Irvine technically. And I worked in Foothill Ranch. Um, and yeah, I, uh, randomly told my buddy, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause I was just fat and out of shape. And it just, it, it was, it was all bad. It, it was, it was terrible. I was, I mean, as you know, Noah, you worked with Lone Depot for a while. It's, 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 tough. it's a lot of hours. Yeah. I mean, I was working a ton. I was treating my body like, crap and um i just so happened to come across that was the closest one to me so that was the first one i went to and at the time i had been going to 24-hour fitness doing you know what what most people do they go in right. as a you know god 21 22 22 year old yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> um, buys and tries uh, yeah in, uh, yeah man. i I had no idea what I was doing, no clue, but you know, it, it worked for me. I, I would do a really good job of working out for, you know, a span of three months or so. And then I would spend the next three months eating like crap, not working out and right. getting right back into the same old habits that I was in prior to, you know? So I had found ARC, uh, I think it was just like a Google search one day at work. And I was like, well, I'm going to go check out this CrossFit thing because I can't seem to get my shit together. That's right. that's pretty much how it how it started and how I popped into your doors. And man, I uh, I never looked back. Never. I really didn't. Yeah, ever. No, you hit the ground running. I'll never forget yeah. our, our 
our introduction free workout was the sevens, right? So it was a seven minute AMRAP, the seven burpees, seven box jumps, and seven thrusters. And um, it's the easiest sell ever because it's a nightmare of a workout and nobody really sees it coming because it's seven minutes. So how hard could it be, right? Yeah. And so Mike walks in and bear in mind, Mike, Mike was the gym guy, right? Like came in in pretty good shape, could do a bunch of wide grip pull-ups, was like, you know, like wasn't like a fat guy by any means. And I told him the workout and he like looked at me and was like, that's it? Like seven minutes? <laughs> I was like, yeah, just – it's just seven minutes. It's like not a big deal. So about three minutes in, Mike's kind of green. Um, and he's like kind of keeled over. And I'm like, you good? And he's like, no, I'm going to finish. Like I'm fucking finishing. But <laughs> he, he definitely like wasn't okay. So uh, Mike lays on the floor after the workout for maybe 15, 20 minutes. He starts gaining color again and uh, starts kind of like being able to put shit together. And he's like, he looks at me dead eyed and goes, that was really fucking hard. <laughs> Sounds about right. CrossFit. So <laughs> yeah. that was that was where Mike started from, and it's crazy now looking where you're at. We'll get to that later, but the uh, that initial like startup for Mike was crazy, and it, what what's kind of cr- crazy to think about, guys, is so Mike worked at a finance company, a mortgage company, working sixty hours a week in a place, and I know this firsthand because I worked on myself where they're literally bribing you with food to not leave, right? Like yeah. they used to have like power hour, right? Where like a pizza would show up with three Red Bulls and you'd like, uh, fuck, I guess. 300 pizzas, yeah. Right, yeah. And so like you're in this environment of utter want, right? Because everybody's living these massive lives that's well beyond their means. Um, you think you need a BMW and you think you need a fancy suit and you literally are just beating the shit out of yourself with no real perception of happiness, right? Just like zero. It's just, I, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it Lone Depot was, it was tough, man. Like I, I, I'm really good with sales. Uh, I'm, I'm just a people person in general. So it's, it's just one of those things that kind of comes naturally, but ultimately at the end of the day, if, you are trying to have any sort of life outside of work, that ain't the place for you. Not at all. It was rough. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, just because I'm like always like a mind mind guy. Um, so just hearing that from your story of of being in a place where it's like super stressful, working yourself, you know, to the to the max, and then you go into a CrossFit and you do something that pushes you past like your your uh capacity right sure like what because it's almost like the same thing but for crossfit you wanted to pursue that more like what was the biggest difference between like quote unquote the work that went uh, on your, your head really i i think the thing that caught my eye was that it was already done for me so mm-hmm. i didn't have to sit there and figure out what i needed to do um uh, it was already written. It was an hour long. Every I don't care who you are. If you don't have an hour in your day, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to figure out how you can make an hour in your day. And yeah, I think right. that appealed to me the most because a lot of times I would go to the gym after work. Um, this is prior to, to ARC. This is just 24-hour fitness. And I'd be there for two hours and I would get nothing done. My mm-hmm. Facebook yeah. status would be updated 45 times in that time frame. But 
ultimately at the end of the day, what I wanted was I wanted something that I could get in, be super efficient, get out. And even though I never did get out after I finished working out, um, that was, that was ultimately the goal though, right? Was, was to find something that was very easy for me to, um, get engaged with and see a, see a change. And we saw, I mean, like speaking from somebody who watched Mike's progression, we saw a pretty aggressive change in, in the way he looked, but I think for Mike, it was, Mike really dove into the social component, but he really enjoyed being around one like-minded people. Um, yeah. But I also think to me, it was th the community really seemed to be one of the things that you seem to really enjoy. Hundred percent, yeah. Like the, the community was everything, and I think that's one of the things that really appealed to me as well. Um, because ultimately, it's like you, you want to be around people that are going to push you to get better. Well, I mean, most of the time, that's right. that's what you're looking for, right? Is people that are going to push you to be a better version of yourself. And what I got from from CrossFit Arc, um, what was just that was a community of people that I could go in just bang my head against a wall for an hour essentially. Yeah. And, and then afterward hang out, have a good conversation, maybe go grab a beer or something like that right. and, and have fun with it really. Cause I mean, if you're, I feel like if you enjoy something, your chances of success are so much higher than if you're just miserable the entire time. One for me, looking back on it, like, you know, I didn't make a ton of money with my CrossFit. I wasn't uh, quite busy business savvy enough at that point. But what, what I did get out of that was the same thing, that real good community. And like some of my favorite memories are those weekends where we would go compete as a group, right? And like collectively go and like we're wearing the shirts and rooting for each other and supporting each other. Or those strongman Sundays were like, it was just us fucking around, throwing stones and listening to loud music. And re I mean, we didn't really have a plan. It was just more like, you think I can show that up? up? <laughs> exactly. Sure, I don't know. Just Let's bro out. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent, so, bro sesh. I think you know CrossFit is a as a as a brand gets a really bad name, and I, I think some of it is justifiable. But I think the thing that people don't understand about CrossFit is that every CrossFit gym is not the same. They are very, very, very different. One and two, I think for all the bad that comes with CrossFit in terms of like it's press, I think what people neglect is how much people find that tribe. And, you know, we talk from a nervous system perspective that we're tribal and social by nature. And I think when you can create a task positive viewpoint on a, on a gym with a culture of people that are holding you accountable, that you come to really root for, like you really like, it yeah. suddenly makes this fitness journey a lot less daunting. Hundred percent. I could not agree with you more on that. And yeah, you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? CrossFit gets a pretty bad rep when it comes to that. And you know, we could go on all day about you know, snatches and all that kind of sure. crap. But uh, but ultimately, it, it is. It's the community that that really makes CrossFit what it is. And I mean, program. You can you know you could talk about this from a programming standpoint, uh, right. from a community standpoint, from an own. You know, there's a, there's a number of different ways you could take that as far as the actual business of CrossFit is concerned. Sure. But there are, I mean, I, I still to this day will drop in at boxes when I, when I'm out of town or whatever right. that may be. And I, sometimes I'm just like, what in the hell are you doing to your people? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Like it, it's sad to see because 
the, uh, you know, the barrier to entry is so low. Well, that was kind of the reason that I wanted you to come on here, right? Like Kai and I have a really like lays off air approach to fitness. Like our belief is that like, if you get fitter, fuck it, let's do it. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't think snatches are unsafe. Like I, can snatch just fine, but I have healthy shoulders, right? It's not safe for everybody, sure. but that's true of kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, um, cycling. Like I can go on for days about how that's like a sure. non-unique argument, right? But the one thing that, I, that has always stood out to me about you as a human is I know personally the integrity that you bring to everything you do. So going into when you went to own a gym, I, I had this real mixed approach, right? And so going back to like Mike and I's relationship, so Mike came to me he started kind of interning with me asking a lot of fitness questions and trying to learn and, and evolve and i'll never forget the day you came to me and said hey i have an opportunity to buy into this gym and and you you took a really a mature approach and i had this like mixed emotion right on one hand i was like fuck i love mike i don't want him to leave but on the other hand i'm like well good for fucking mike this is a good thing for him right <laughs> um and so you made a lot out of it so after being with Ark for, I don't know, probably what, a year maybe? Maybe a little um, longer? Yeah, yeah, just over a year, a year and a couple months. So you get this opportunity with CrossFit Pandemic, which is hilariously named in the current world <laughs> we live in. Um, Gotta love it. Kai, Kai brought that up. I was dying. Um, yeah. But so you get this opportunity to buy into ownership. So tell me a little bit more about that decision, one, maybe how it felt for you um to be free and then two you know what was the plan like going forward because i know it was only a partial ownership initially right yes so um i actually managed the gym for a while prior to me actually buying into ownership and um my goal with managing the facility at the time was to eventually start my own gym right i, I didn't i didn't know how the hell it was going to work I just knew that's what I was going to do because I, I love it. You know what I mean? And right. uh, to this day, I still have the same enthusiasm every day I walk in here than I had on day one. And yeah. um, so ultimately, after uh, that had happened, it was one of those things where I was learning the back end of the business as a manager, right? So I had I learned the front end. I knew how to you know decently coach. I wasn't a good coach by any means at the time. But I knew I, I could communicate with people. I could make an enjoyable class. I could go over the basics and help people. Um, and then from there, it was one of those things where I took a step back. I demoted myself at my um, at, at Loan Depot. I right. went from being an, being a loan officer to I was auditing documents all day. It was the most miserable experience of my life um, until the day I was like, well, I guess I'm going to manage this place and I'm going to quit and I'm just going to take this massive pay cut and live with my parents for a while. That's kind of how that happened. And then um, one of the owners at the time, uh, this was, gosh, this was like uh, March of 2016. And one of the owners decided he was going to move to Vegas. Uh, his son had an opportunity in Vegas to play well, high school football, which is insane to me that it's an opportunity to go to Vegas to play high school football now. Um, yeah, but he's really, he was really good. And so when that opportunity presented, you know, presented itself, I, I was a little uncertain, but I had also, you know, dug my roots there and I had, I, I knew the members. I was, I was the face of the gym at the time because I was a manager. 
You know what I mean? I was coaching six classes a day sometimes and sometimes nine to 10. Um, it was, it was crazy, but I, but I got a great opportunity to meet, uh, a lot of really cool people. And when that opportunity presented itself, I thought to myself, I was like, there's no way, I mean, I could do it, but the, the likelihood of success of that happening was, was significantly less. Whereas with that community that I already helped build, cause that gym, I mean, that had, when I had gone over there, it had only been there for a year. So oh, shit. I, mean, I did not know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I took it from essentially 250 members to about 375 within my year of managing it. And wow. so we did really good. Um, and so I just said, fuck it. Like, sorry, I don't know if I should be cussing or not. But, yeah, say fuck but yeah. it. No, I'm okay. into it. Yeah. So my biggest thing was that I was like, you know, I, I want to do this. This is a great opportunity. It's a facility we can continue to grow in. I'm not going to have to worry about leases and all this other stuff that, you know, buying equipment that, that although the barrier entry is low from a CrossFit standpoint, it's not freaking expensive when yeah. you're talking about, I mean, we have $150,000 worth of equipment in this facility. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's aggressive. And so yeah. I somehow, we made it work to where I became 50, 50 owner. And awesome. it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was challenging, but you know, we made it through and, and luckily my parents helped me out a little bit with the initial investment. And a lot of my work was sweat equity. Cause I was, I was, like I said, I was the one doing most of, well, I was doing pretty much everything at the time. And that's, that's how it got started, dude. It was nuts. That's amazing. Yeah. So you are yeah. this. This is it. You own it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I have uh, had a few different business partners, and um, the first one was a, a you know it was, it was just a mess. Um, we actually backpedaled quite a bit in 2017, right when I started getting really into competing, um, which shocker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mine started going off of the business and more into just, you know, selfish stuff that I was personally doing. And, you know, it is what it is. It was a great learning experience because, you know, it taught me a lot about balance and, and making sure that all things are firing. It just can't be this one specific thing and that thing only, right? There has to be a right. business ran. It has to be treated as business. Otherwise, it's going to fail. Yeah. So True. That's, that yeah, that was, was my issue with ARC, right, is I think looking back on it, I created a job, not a business, and I, I didn't really understand – the business component of it. So I made a lot of mistakes interjecting myself so deep in the community that if I wasn't a part of the community, there wasn't a community. Mm -hmm. And so I sold it. And guess what? A year later, it fell apart and closed. Yeah. yeah. Which is really common. It's common, yeah. man. I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people get into this business thinking they're just going to be able to bro out with their friends and, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, to this day, I'm owner operator. I'm sitting in my office right now. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, but I, again, I love what I do and, you know, eventually that will not be the case. I'm not going to be the one here all day long every day, but right. At, right now it works. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, anything right. to hold me back from, um, being able to do this stuff and take it very seriously so that eventually it's a well-oiled machine and I can hire a manager to, essentially run the day-to-day -day operations and I can focus on other endeavors. 
Well, ironically, I mean, people ask me a lot why I don't own a gym. And that's actually literally the conversation I have is, you know, as somebody who works out of a facility with full carte blanche to do what I want, I have leeway to manage my business with no real implications of cost. You sure. know, um, for me, it's just time based. And so when I went to go interview at the place that I work out of, he, that was his first question was like, are you trying to steal my business and go up your own gym? And I laughed. I was like, nah, man, I know what it's like to own a gym. I'm good. <laughs> I am not interested in doing that like, shit ever again. That. <laughs> no, thank you. So like, I get yeah. what you're saying, man. It's, it is sweat equity and it is effort and it, there's a lot going on. Uh-huh. A lot so of different more, moving parts. Tell me more about pandemic itself, the, the gym. Um, I know it's gigantic. I know it's in Norco, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So tell us so, more about the gym itself. Yeah. So uh across the pandemic in Norco. Um just outside of Orange County, basically, kinda on the border of Orange County and, and Riverside County. Um, we opened in two thousand thirteen. And then like I said, I had jumped in in two thousand fourteen right around that time. Um, but yeah, we've been here for eight, coming up on, I actually got to pay my affiliate dues tonight. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So this will be our eighth year uh, being affiliated with CrossFit. But um, the big thing with us is, is very community driven facility. We offer more than just CrossFit as well. Uh, we do have someone who does uh, recovery work, I guess you would call it no physical therapist in here yet. Uh, that is something I am looking to do. But ultimately, though, with our with our facility, we try to basically have everything as, as a one-stop shop, right? We have a retail store. We have showers. We have uh, a boot camp class with its own specific room that's 1,700 square feet, which I'm actually looking to expand that more than likely next year to be about 2,500 square feet itself and then our facility wise or uh, facility wise we're about uh thir just under thirteen thousand five hundred square feet um warehouse building but it, it's it's perfect for what we do especially in the current climate with all things covid um yeah. making sure that we're taking care of people not you know packing a bunch of people in and we're even though we we have 16 people in a class that is our cap right now with our crossfit classes they're not even coming close to being within six feet of each other. So well, your facility is huge. So it's like you have space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our actual workout space is about 7,500 square feet uh, for CrossFit specifically. And so it really allows us to do what we need to do. Um, and that was kind of the, one of the beauties of, <clears throat> of buying into this gym was that I knew we had a lot of room to grow. We, it wasn't right. going to be one of those things where, you know, if I want to build this, build this, uh, this business into something that is sustainable, it would have had to, you know, I didn't want to have to worry about looking for another, another building. I didn't want to have to go through all that crap because it's, it's tough. Um, that side of things is, I mean, Noah, you, you know, better than anybody, how easy it is to have a really jacked up lease. If you have somebody next to you that doesn't want you dropping barbells, if you have, you're out. Yeah, right. Like, I, I mean, I, what was the place next door? Something with nurses. I, I forget. So Something when I owned school? my gym, yeah, it was a veterinary school. So when, when I owned my gym, uh, initially, my selling point was I'm open in the morning and evening. So I won't piss anybody off. And uh, so I got my space in accordance to that. Well, the school next door is an evening veterinary school. 
and their awesome. classroom butted up to the wall where our classrooms were. So I would get these videos and like we would do wall balls, right? And like where you're throwing a ball against the wall and like they would really show me videos of their room shaking because 10 people were doing wall balls and the frame of the building is shaking. Or like we would get videos of like it'd be a heavy deadlift day and everybody's dropping the barbells. And like, I mean, it was you know, it was a nightmare. Like we, we would run out in the street, which we technically weren't supposed to do. Um, our strongman Sundays, we would do all of our strongman stuff out back on the asphalt. So we were dropping stones and even when we were dropping on pads. We were still busting up asphalt or yeah. like dragging sleds or pushing yokes. And like, I mean, the back area was just totally fucked. We, we destroyed it. Um, <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. So like we, I mean, we were, we were really conscious actually. Like at one point I went to like more dumb or more dumbbells, less barbells. We started not dropping. We started doing eccentrics. We started like putting up a crate. Like we did everything we could not to be annoying, but I mean, the nature of a gym is you're annoying. It's a There's gym. There's not a lot you can do. It's a gym, right? So yeah. now to put it into perspective, how big your space is at my gym, I put down, we had a hard time. People were retarded and couldn't figure out how to not walk into people. Um, so we put boxes on the floor that were four by six. Those four by six boxes are where you house yourself and your equipment. My gym was 5,000 square feet, but only maybe 2,000 of usable, maybe. And we would have classes of 16 to 18 in there. So like to put it in perspective, guys, how safe the facility that Mike's talking about is, is – his facility is significantly bigger. I mean, three, four times bigger with the same amount of people. There's more than enough space to socially distance in an environment like that. Yeah, and and part of that too is like you talk about occupancy, right? Our max occupancy is 239 people here. Right. So at any given time, I have 16 people in CrossFit. If I have cap classes in, in, in both programs, I have 27 people plus two coaches. So I have 29 people. Yeah. I don't know what the percentage is on that occupancy level wise, but it's, it's fucking good. low. Yeah. 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 So we've done a good job with it and obviously making sure that there's balance there because ultimately, you know, you want to make sure people are safe and they're able to come in and enjoy themselves and, and, work on their health, whether it be, you know, physical or even mental. You know what I mean? We, we talked about a little bit about some of the, you know, prior to the, to the show starting, um, the amount of police officers, you know, law, law, law enforcement, military, fire, uh, EMT, you name it, first responders in general. And most of them, man, they, they, they're just happy. They get to work out and come in and literally zone out for an hour. Yeah. You know? So it, it's, it's one of those things where we definitely do take it seriously. It's not one of those things where we're, I, I, I really can't stand it when people are like, yeah, like fuck the governor or whatever. It's like, all right, cool. Get it. I, I, I understand. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where there needs to be balanced there. It needs, we need to be logical. We need to understand right. this is a thing. Um, it's real. And people are dying. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so I think that's been kind of my attitude toward it the entire time. And I think that's why we've been, doing okay you know ironically i think kai and i shy away from these conversations but i know we're, we're on the same page about it you know i think it's real i think mm -hmm. the reality is it's being mishandled by our government but that's because 
they're afraid of liability, right? Sure. They have to worry about being sued by about 30 million people. And I don't, the harsh reality is, is like COVID is real and mm -hmm. it affects people that are overweight and that are sick. And in the last eight to 10 months, there's a really good opportunity here. If we would have started from health and well-being, if you take somebody who's significantly overweight, losing eight to 10 pounds a month, isn't unheard of. Mike, I know you work in nutrition. Mm -hmm. What would 10 months of forced health look like on somebody? Would it look like 80 pounds? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I guess it depends on the avatar, right? Like wh what sure. are we talking about here? You, you know, because ultimately, you know, if you weigh 350 pounds, then yeah, of course that's something that's feasible um, to a point. I, I think that it might be a slight reach, but the, I, I think ultimately if you're, if you're working out, I, I, I'd look more at like your blood markers, right? Like the, the well, so that's the, the next thing, right? Is the biomarkers. So that was, yeah. Like it's like, what is VO2 capacity look like? What is blood sure. pressure look like? What do all the markers that measure health look like? If you lost 60 to 80 pounds, they would be significantly better across the board, right? We, we all know that it, it, working right. in the fitness space. It's, it's a given that your numbers are going to improve drastically just simply by getting off your butt. And regardless if it's, you know, CrossFit, whether it's going on a walk, whether it's going on a run, you know, you, you name it. If nutrition and fitness are taken, not seriously, just if it's done, right? Like if you're just conscious of those things, um, the change can be massive. And right. from a health and wellness standpoint, I think that it's, it's, you know, Western medicine is what it is. You know, that's, that's probably a topic for another conversation. Sure. Um, sure. But, but uh, it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me, like absolutely mind blowing that we're 10 months now into this, right? Nine months. How many conversations have you heard about, you know, your well-being, your mental health, your like, let's talk about like the suicide rates, the depression rates, the all these different things. And um, I think it goes without saying that it it's it's bad. It's really bad. And I would beg to I, I would argue that at this point in time, it's probably worse than what we're dealing with with COVID. And that's. I mean, and again, like we don't, we, we try to stay really neutral and stuff, but that's the harsh reality, yeah. right? Is yeah. I think when you look at the way it's being handled, I mean, I can get pretty nerdy on virology and epidemiology and really bore the shit out of you people. But I'm telling you, I've done the work and I've looked it up. Viruses are the earth's way of defending itself. And I'll tell you now, the earth is undefeated when it comes to defending itself. Like tsunamis. <laughs> are real hurricanes yeah. are real like they win every time and every time. natural selection is a real thing and those of you that think that viruses just pop up they come from the earth they're found on plants they're found in the wild birds massive populations of birds die every year i don't disagree with mass for a lot of reasons but you, it's not going to solve the problem the reality is is you have to move yourself up natural selection. And the only way you do that is to connect to your biology and be more human. Yep. And health and well-being is a big part of that. So that's my struggle with closing gyms is that, you know, the reality of a gym is that's the only space that we can do. And, and pardon my French, but fake work because our life is too easy. Right. So 100%. if, if we can't go and 
huck hay and run our horses and do shit like that, then let's, I guess we'll go snatch barbells and that's fine too, right? That's the best we got. But you're not, if you close those facilities, people aren't hucking hay. If you lock things down, they just go home and they watch more Netflix and they eat more takeout, right? And so the harsh reality is, is like the lockdowns haven't solved any problems nor have shutting the gym. So at some point we have to reevaluate this approach. Um, 100%. I mean, even New York, yeah, New York put out something uh, that, and I think, I don't, I don't know where they're at with the process of, of reopening their facilities, but it was, you know, you, we had uh, essentially, it was like home gatherings were 73.8% of the reason COVID cases were happening. Gyms right. were 0.06%. Right. 0.06%. Right. Yeah, and that's crazy. why New York reopened their gyms. Yeah. Well, and I think it'll happen, right? I think look yeah. there, it's it's just the, the general fear. Um, though COVID is interesting. We can talk about this all day. I want to get back oh, yeah. to – Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, we got so, on a tangent there. Mike, the CrossFit space has changed a lot in that the owner of CrossFit, who I would argue was detrimental to the brand, um, is no longer in place. How has your experience been under the new ownership? Have you noticed a change? Do you feel positive, like happy with the direction? It's phenomenal. I, yeah. I can't express that enough. Uh, I think, you know, as an affiliate owner, I think I have heard from CrossFit, uh, you know, because I've owned the gym now coming up on five years. Um, the first four years of owning the gym, I think I received like Not at all. five emails. And yeah, those emails were, hey, you owe us $3,000. You can finance yeah. it or you can pay it up front. And since then, I, I feel like CrossFit as a business um, has done a phenomenal job of kind of adjusting its path a little bit, focusing more so on the community um, right. and really bringing it back to its roots with a yeah. much, much more professional outlook. Super stoked on it. Yeah, super stoked on everything that Eric Rose is doing as, as CEO. Um, man, I, I, I'm stoked to be a part of CrossFit now, whereas when everything happened with Greg Glassman, I literally sent out a video. I, I think it's on YouTube, actually. Um, but I had put out a video basically saying, like, he has to step down. If he doesn't step he down, we're, we're probably going to and, – and not only step down, but relinquish ownership as well. Because just because you step down and you're not CEO, but you're a hundred percent owner, get out of here. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not going to be enough. So those of you that are not in the CrossFit space or have no idea what we're talking about, CrossFit takes this really like libertarian viewpoint in that Greg Glassman, the creator of the brand and the company, um, just like run it your way, which I actually appreciated and liked. And so mm-hmm. his support was through uh, seminars and certifications, which I initially was okay. The barrier entry was low. Nobody will argue that. But the issue with Greg Glassman was he would put on CrossFit game events and he would show up fat and drunk and not looking like he's CrossFitted in maybe a few years. Um, and maybe not looking like he ever CrossFitted ever once. Yeah, um, ever. And, and ever. And then he would get on the mic. And he was clearly an intelligent person by all and reason behind the way he was thinking but he um he was just kind of a dick 
Yeah, honest, great way to put it. He was he was a, he was rude and he was abrasive and he came off as a know-it-all. And you know, people would come up with these really thoughtful questions and he would just kind of write them off. And from a brand perspective, on a regular basis, when I owned my gym, I was like, dude, like I need you to be a little bit more like presidential here. Like you're CEO of this thing and you're making me look like an ass and I can't do anything about it. So I'm glad, I'm really happy to hear. Recently, he had gotten in trouble for saying some things, um, racially driven things that shouldn't have been said. And so he made the wise choice to sell his brand. Um, the new ownership group are CrossFitters that have owned CrossFits, uh, many CrossFits, and that are CrossFitters and are there to support people. So it's cool to hear that. I know a lot of gyms are de-affiliating and just kind of doing their own thing. So um, It was crazy. Crazy. Crazy transition. So we got a little off the beaten path. Let's talk about Mike himself. So Mike owns a gym. Um, he's killing it. He's got the gym. Mike's also went from being like a kind of chubby bro guy to pretty diesel and competing at a high level in CrossFit. And when I say high level, like regional athlete, um, you know, owns world records, like high level. So tell me a little bit more about like that process and that change for you from maybe a mental standpoint, just like what gives, like you really changed your whole life. Um, man, you know, I, I think kind of going back to what you had said about what kind of got me into CrossFit, I think that part of the reason I like CrossFit so much was because it was competition or I considered right. it, I personally considered it competition. And right. like, if you put me in a workout like the sevens, right. And you just put me in there alone. I'd be like, screw this after two minutes, yeah. right? I'd be like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? See, this is this yeah. is lame. But you put me next to someone that is doing the same thing as me, it's automatic. I, I'm going to beat you or I'm going to really, really try hard. And so I think that that kind of looped me into I, – I vividly remember, man, we went to uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills. And it wasn't for me to compete. It was for Brandon – uh, and there mm -hmm. were some other Sorry. people competing out there. And I just remember seeing it and I was just like, holy shit, what did I just get myself in? Like, I was so stoked on everything that I saw. And uh, so that was what kind of initially got me hooked on the competition side of things. Um, and so I was like, man, I, I got to do this, you know, and that was a big reason I think I got so intrigued with CrossFit initially was because I liked to compete. I've always competed in certain things that I'm not, I'm not really a team player guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the football guy. Uh, I played golf in college. Um, you know, like I, that's, I'm a very independent person, I guess, when it comes to things like that. And so I think I was intrigued by that as well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, 2014, I think 2013 actually was when I did my first comp. And then 2015, I started kind of seeing that I was, seeing progress i was getting better um it it was pretty quick too honestly it was it was pretty quick from like 2015 to 2017 where i was like dude like you know we we were our our gym was good enough to qualify for regionals um and so i was like man that's that's a really lofty goal and i actually judged at regionals one year and i was like i just remember vividly judging and saying like I'm going to be out here one day. Like I'm going to do this. And I don't know why I had regionals in my head, but that was, that was it. That was like my, 
you know, going back to golf, that was my Augusta national. That was my, the masters, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that had happened. And so honestly, like I, I just, I played around with some different programs. I was doing a lot of extra stuff and, um, eventually it just turned into this thing where it turned into a big goal to, to, to compete at regionals and see what I could ultimately do with CrossFit, uh, from a sports standpoint, uh, not so much health and wellness. I think that it kind of took me off uh, the beaten path a little bit. And so, sorry guys, we had a little bit of a, a technological mishap, but we're back. Uh, Mike was talking about his, um, passion for competing at regionals and wanting to be at regionals, which he accomplished, which I think is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was like a big goal of mine and we actually went through some stuff in 2016. We actually did qualify, uh, in 2016, but one of it, it was a giant disaster. Uh, won't go into that, but, uh, yeah. So we qualified in 2017, ended up going in 2017. Um, and from there I had finished pretty high in the open that year. Um, I think I finished like 45th in California. And at that point I was like, shit, like I think I could do this individually and went about that, uh, ended up qualifying for the granite games later that year, which is, I don't even know if it's going to be around anymore, but it's a massive competition, very similar to like the size of regionals, uh, same probably talent pool, but, you're just you're not talking about people specifically in California. You're talking about people all over the country, um, and so I kind of ran with that uh, leading into 2018, and then man, 2018 and 2019. Um, that's where kind of going back to. I think I put this in in there in the little notes I sent you, but uh, I took a little hiatus from competing. Um, I just got kind of burnt out. I was dealing with some stuff with the gym. Uh, it, it was kind of taking a hit. I had. I had basically um, parted ways with one business partner, took on a new business partner, uh, which is still one of my one of my best friends that I have. Um, but we it, it, that ended up not working out either, um, and it it was just a it was a mess. It was a it was a mess, and I told myself after that I was like I'm never going to have a business partner ever again, ever. And so I did that. Ended up taking over full ownership, and at that point I was able to kind of get back to being myself a bit, um, not have so many different stressors going on in life. Uh, I had gotten married that year as well in 2019. Uh, I was going to leave that one out. Yeah. So it, there was just a lot of, there was just a lot of stuff going on in 2019 leading into 2020. Um, but ultimately, you know, all that crap's done with now. Uh, 2020 has been freaking phenomenal, man. It's, it's been, it's been great. I recently qualified for what's called the fittest experience and that's in, uh, Austin, Texas next month. Uh, so yeah, I just, I've been having a blast. I I, like, I've, I've been, I've been having so much fun training and, uh, I think a lot of that's just because it's organic. I, I just think that because I'm enjoying it, I'm seeing really, really good results. I love it. That's so awesome. You know, I think uh, that says a lot about your character as a human being, but I think it's cool to see you, again, going back to the idea of blowing up your world. Um, I think now that we have your story kind of all laid out, I, I think that's the thing I'd like to like kind of get into is, is you know, emotionally, sure. you know, I know you had posted something the other day that was that was pretty vulnerable, especially for you, um, yeah. talking about kind of like a rough year mentally. You know, as far as like that, 
you know, kind of growing the balls to, to make the change. A lot of our listeners are people that are, you know, living lives they don't love. Mm-hmm. How was it for you? How was the process of making the change to kind of become where you are? It was really, really hard. Um, uh, Man, I can't even express how it's hard to put into words, honestly. Um, But I I think that I think that difficult times really will make or break you. Um, I've always believed that. And, you know, um, I I don't think I've had the most challenging uh, experiences. You know, I I think that in the grand scheme of things, it could always be worse in a sense. Um, But yeah, man, I had my I had my world like flipped upside down, like straight up. 2019, end of 2019, it was just flipped completely upside down. Uh, and then it's like COVID hit, uh, and that just added to so much stress that I was already dealing with as it was. Uh, you know, so I had some personal stuff going on, and then also my business, not knowing what the hell was going to happen with it, sure. and. That was a stressful time, man. I, I dealt with a lot of stuff, and obviously, you saw that post. So, you know, I was dealing with insomnia. Uh, I was I was pretty damn depressed, uh, like really bad. Um, and yeah, it was really hard just to kind of like get out of the hole. I guess. Uh, Did you find yourself going back to like some bad habits that were maybe things that you had done when you were at Lone Depot? Um, no. It was different for some reason. I, I I don't know you know why or what, but I really like took a different approach to coping with my problems. Uh, not the healthiest, but yeah, like when I was at Lone Depot, I stress ate. I I did a lot of that. Uh, I always struggled with weight, you know, pretty much up until I found CrossFit. But when that all when all that stuff started happening, I literally had the gym to myself all day, right? So even though I wasn't working or I shouldn't say that, even though I wasn't coaching classes on a daily basis and running the day-to-day operations, I was still having to come in. I was making daily workout videos. I was, you name it, I was doing it. I did a bunch of upgrades to the gym, painted the gym, put in new platforms. There was always something to do. And so, I mean, I would, I would get up and I would go to work. Like I always did because it was part of my routine. And honestly, if I wouldn't have, I would have driven myself insane. Um, But yeah, I would work out like hours on end to the point where it was very, very unhealthy. And because it was probably the one thing that I found that was uh, able, it just, it it made me able to get my mind off of things. And it wasn't, yeah, right. Like, I would just drive myself into the floor for as many hours as I could. And then I'd sit there and think about what I wanted to do the next day because, you know, obviously social distancing and not seeing anybody. Like I, I was, it was kind of weird too. Cause I was, mo- I was in the transition of moving. So I was actually living with my parents at the time, which that was so bad. It, it was really like, I love my parents to death. Yeah. I, lo- I love my parents to death, but it was just really terrible timing. So I didn't want to go home and sit there all day, you know what I mean, and, and be unproductive there. So I literally just sit at the gym till like nine, ten o'clock at night and chill, uh, work out all day and just kind of not want to talk to anybody. I was just kind of to myself. And I think that was – I'm very like – I'm the most introverted extrovert you will ever meet in your life. And um, 
I, I just, I think I needed that space from people because it was the constant like, oh, how are you doing? You know, you have a lot going on. There's this happening. There's all these different variables that are really, I mean, fucking up your life. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, it was just, I just needed my own space to kind of clearly think and make my own path moving forward, I guess. Um, so that's what I did. And, you know, it, it, it was it was extremely difficult. But I put a lot of work in to ensure that, you know, moving forward that, one, I would do my best to make sure that, you know, if anything ever happened like this again, I would know how to move forward from it, right? Sure. And and learning that process of what that looked like, the emotions you go through, the time frame of, of all that stuff, you name it, it, it was, it was, I was nuts about it. You know, you can talk about self-help books, podcasts. I listen to podcasts every single day, uh, whether they were, you know, random ones or self-help type podcasts that you can get all the audio you want from. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I kind of just started chipping away at it day by day and it was a really slow kind of grueling process, but I knew what that needed to be done in order to you know, get through it and be able to move, move on. Right. Like move forward. Like, like, Hey, this is happening. This is what it is. What are we going to do about it? Very solution oriented, like basically trying to pinpoint those things and say, all right, this is the problem. This is what I can control. This is what I can't control. So let's focus on what we can. Right. Wow. So that's, that's been kind of my whole, you know, uh, I guess my whole like mantra this year has just been control the controllables. Yeah. And I think connecting that to some of the things that we talk about a lot, you know, earlier in our podcast, we talk a lot about nervous system states and things like that. But sure. I, I think one of the things that's really important that, that you just said there is that idea of controlling the controllable, you know, perception becomes a huge part of it. And, you know, we've talked about perception in terms of immersion therapy and, and, you know, you had talked about like, well, sometimes you just got to kind of do it. Right. And, and it's going to be hard and it'll breed change. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of, Along the same lines, what we talk about a lot is, you know, sometimes you got to nut up, take a good perception to things and, and really, you know, understand perspective and do the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. You know? Nothing good ever comes out from your comfort zone. No, no change is ever made within your comfort zone. And That's we've true. literally proven that biologically, like literally, like we've gone in biologically and shown through neural networks, like literally nothing can good can happen if you're comfortable. Yeah. And so, you know, your story, you know, from when Kai and I first started podcasting, one of the first people I thought about, because your story is so much of like, fuck it, I'm going to take ownership of my life and I'm going to make change and, and I'm going to rely on me to make the change. And I, I think that's really cool, man. I, I, I live my life that way and I know Kai does the same. And I think, you know, having that kind of perception on your reality makes your reality a hell of a lot worth more worthwhile, you know, it's sure. worth waking up every morning when you love what you do. And, and it's, it's awesome. And I love seeing you succeed. Now that said, sure. you know, the future for Mike is pandemic, of course, continuing to compete. I know you've opened up a new Avenue of business. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, it, it's something I've kind of, so I've, I've been doing interest consulting um, for a short amount of time. At first I just kind of got into it. Um, because I knew there was a big, there was a big pool for it, right? Like uh, there's a lot of my members that don't really have any 
idea what they're doing, right? Most people don't. It, it'd be like if I went to your job being a PT and being right. like, oh, yeah, dude, and Noah, take the day off, man. I'm going to go ahead and take your clients. Don't worry about right. it. I got you. Yeah. You'd be like, right. dude, you're so fucked. <laughs> right? right? So, but if you were there, like, and you had my hand and you're like, all right, Mike, I'm going to take you through this. We would right. probably get through it together. Right. Totally. So it's kind of that same concept of, you know, I've I've done just about friggin' everything from a nutrition standpoint, um, whether it be for health and wellness back in the day when we were talking about paleo, uh, macros, you name it, I, I've done it. So it was just one of those things where I think I create a lot of value for my clients personally. And not that I'm a dietitian. I always tell people like I am not a dietitian. I will help you basically organize what it is that you're trying to do. And a lot of that stuff isn't even about nutrition, to be quite honest with you. I, a lot of it is, you know, what what kind of lifestyle are you living? Are you a shift worker? Are you a police officer? Are you, you know, what what is what is outside of the gym look like for you? Because I think there's so much low hanging fruit. Um, from a recovery standpoint, a sleep standpoint, you know, you guys talk a lot about that. Like it, there's a number of different things that can be, a, you know, looked at. And those are the things that most people don't think about. They're like, oh yeah, like I eat super clean. Mind you, you're drinking, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels every weekend. You're getting three hours of sleep on, you know, from Sunday to Monday and your body, you're treating your body like shit, you know? So you know, I think in the CrossFit community and CrossFit space too, like, you know, I, I've talked to quite a few women that are like, yeah, I'm healthy and they have visible abs, but they don't menstruate. And you're like, wait a minute. What? That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem, right? Or like they don't sleep or their lives are C4 coffee and, you know, shit along those lines. And you start to kind of realize like you might be fried. Like you might have just done too much stuff, right? Yeah. And you may not be able to, to literally recover. So, I mean, I think it's interesting hearing you talk about these things because, I mean, you've been there, right? You've certainly lived it. You've lived both yeah. lives. And I think you have a really good perception of what people's realities look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I just feel like so many people overlook that stuff. And it's, in my opinion, I would say that stuff is probably more important than showing up to the gym. Agreed. Right? You know? I tell and people it's like, all the time. Like you can lose weight without my help. Like if you're coming to me to get in shape and, and lose weight, like just go, do you walk 10,000 steps? Yes or no. Do you sleep eight hours a day? Yes or no. Um, do you wake up and need coffee? Yes or no. If the answer is no to all those things, then like you don't need me. Like you just have to change your life. Yeah. Like, like I can get you in great. We all know people that go to CrossFit and never lose weight and work their ass off. I know plenty of people like that. Yeah, right? there's a ton. Tons. And it's a matter of really evaluating your life and changing the way you live to fit you, you know? Sure. And it's different for everybody, right? And 100%. I think that's that's the biggest thing is everybody is different. And so I just feel like, you know, there's so many different templated programs out there. Like anybody can go on the internet and, and friggin' look at their macronutrients, what they need based on their activity level, right? Anybody can do right. that. It's it's not rocket science. You literally type right. in like macro calculator and you'll probably get 20 different things that'll populate your macros. But it's so much deeper than that. And I think that's where a lot of people don't understand and they don't 
care to understand, which I get it. It's it's the boring stuff, right? It's nothing. There's nothing excited or exciting talking about, you know, how you go to sleep at night. Do you watch TV when you go to bed? Do you right. have blackout curtains? Do you, you know what I mean? Like those things, like they sound so dumb, but they're so important. And right. so a lot of that's getting people it, it, like my process on it, every, it with, with nutrition is, is very simple. Like I want to give people the foundation they need in order to be able to do this for the rest of their life, regardless of what their goals are. Right. And if I have somebody for more than like six months, the only valid explanation as to why I have that person after six months would be because they're competing or they have to have accountability, right? right. They just need the accountability. But for any other person, I don't want to work with you after six months. I want you to be able to do this stuff and not need me. Right. God, and I, I think want, that I want my listeners to take a second with that because that's so important. Um, everybody out there that hears what Mike just said, this is how you know someone gives a shit. This is how you know someone's worth your money. This is how you know someone knows what they're talking about. They're not in this space to make you a heroin addict that needs them the rest of your life. They're in this space to help you learn how to manage your machine better. Kai and I say this a lot because there's plenty of people that go see their Cairo every Thursday for their whole fucking life and that's how they stay out of pain. That's wrong. That is absolutely what's wrong with the fitness world is it should be about education, it should be about passion, caring, and helping people understand how to help themselves. And I love it, Mike. Like I said at the very beginning, you you function with high integrity and that stands true. And and I I, I, I couldn't support you more, man. I think everything you've done has been such a cool journey. I know I didn't do it, but to feel like I played at least a little bit of a role in it, like makes it worthwhile. So hey, I appreciate being able to watch it, man. You got me started. I, I can't say, I don't know if I ever did, but I can't say thank you enough for getting me started on this journey because quite honestly, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I'd be here right now. So I, I appreciate you all your help and, and all your support, dude. I'm glad to be there. Um, Mike, so I know people can find you on social media pretty easily, but shout it out for me. Where are the easiest places to reach out to Mike? Uh, probably Instagram. Uh, you can either go through our, our business's Instagram account, which I don't check very often right now because of everything going on. Uh, my Instagram handle is uh, Mike. It's got three underscores and then Douglas. Um, but yeah, feel free. Hit me up. Um, you, like I said, you can find me through that or through my gyms, through my gyms, Instagram, either way. But that's usually the best way or uh, on Facebook. Those are the two things that I usually use. So definitely hit me up if you do have any questions about that stuff and be more than happy to help you. Great. Um, Ty, do you have anything you want to get, interject here, buddy? Uh, no. I mean, covered everything, I think. That was a really cool story, Mike. I mean, coming Thanks into this, not knowing it, it was, that was really, really cool. Thank um, you, man. I appreciate glad it. Glad to see you're still, still doing it. So that's awesome, man. Yep. I love it. Cool. Well, All guys, right. thanks again for listening. We always appreciate it. You know you can read me at root.solution Instagram. Don't bother with Facebook. I'm probably not going to check it. Let's call it what it is. Um, uh, you can reach Kai at just underscores, right? Kai, you just as many yeah, underscores I, as possible. About 50 of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man, all the, all the cool names are taken. I know, right? <laughs> right? So, Kai, what, what, what's yours again? Let's go ahead and shout it out. All right. Yeah, it's just at control underscore the underscore basics.
Yeah. There you go. So guys, thank you again. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with with a new hotness, I promise. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. No worries, Mike. Thank you. All right. Kai, let me get a recording. Oh, hold on. And you'll have to add that out, too. Are we still recording? Yep. I might. I might have to.